Tony Fretton, The Red House, 2000. Chelsea has the structure of a small village interspersed with greater works through its role as a retreat for kings and ministers. Christopher Wren's Royal Hospital is nearby and its grounds extend up to the back garden of the Red House and the Chelsea Physic Garden lies at the end of Dilk Street. Along tight street, the river, river Thames can be seen. An embankment constructed in the late 19th century produced a road to the city and land for development next to the river. And this area of Chelsea became a fashionable district for artists and writers. And Tite Street in particular, when Wilde and Whistler came to live there. The street was built to no ordered plan or form. In a way similar to Chelsea itself, greater works by inventive architects such as E.W. Godwin sit between apartment buildings and houses of indifferent quality by developers. Oscar Wilde lived and wrote his most famous works in such a house, surrounded by interiors painted by Whistler. Wealthier artists lived in studio houses by Godwin that often have a high level of asymmetry in their facades, and his unrealised designs for Tite Street came close to the abstraction, later employed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Godwin's studio and home for Whistler, the White House, which originally stood to the left of the Red House, was subjected to brutal changes during its design by the municipal authorities. In the 1960s, it was torn down and replaced with a house in a weak classical style. In the 1990s, that house had pastiche 18th century facades and interiors added by the developer. With its uncanny similarities to her own politics, it then came under consideration as a London residence for former Conservative Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. However buildings originate, their meanings are formed by public events and private experiences such as these. Seen in this way, Tite Street and its buildings are both cultural and architectural artefacts, especially the rebuilt White House with its combination of architectural poverty and existential richness. The main facade of the Red House aligns with the rebuilt White House so that the two houses become a dissimilar pair. A screen wall in front of the main facade runs, runs along the edge of the pavement and aligns with the facade of the house to the right. A curve in the road in the front of the Red House and the junction with Dilk Street, which occurred by chance, are given significance by a bay window in the centre of the Red House facade. Behind the screen wall, the house is entered through a small external court into a double height stair hall. At this point, the presence of the city gives way to views of trees in the Royal Hospital grounds and to the comfort of family rooms, looking out to the garden at the back of the house. One of these, a dining room with a painted ceiling, projects from the house into the garden surrounded by silver birch trees. From the entrance hall, a formal staircase leads up to the principal room in the house, a double height lounge at the first floor where the scale is comfortable as a place to sit and large enough to provide a setting for paintings and sculpture. Views of the Royal Hospital grounds, the street and the, and the Thames are framed by its windows, as in a Dutch canal house or Venetian palazzo, the principal room is discreetly visible from the street. A stair cut in the corner 
almost like a conversion, leads down to the dining room so that guests can be entertained in the lounge before dinner or assemble informally in the garden and dining room and later go up. A more private stair leads up to the stair hall, past a long narrow study in the second floor to bedrooms on the roof that are arranged as a private domain around a roof garden. Throughout the Red House, rooms were designed to invite use without unduly fixing their purpose, and formal themes were established and then adjusted empirically to capture the beauty of chance relationships and non-aesthetical arrangements. Motifs from the past were introduced without bringing them to conclusion and were brought into combination with invention in the present. Architecture that has preoccupied preoccupied me is present in the Red House, the quiet conviction of the palace at Obino, Palladio's habitable formalism in the Villa Foscari, Alto and Caesar's subtle inclusion of aspects of life and locale and chance and contingency that exist in all cities and buildings. <laughs>